Well, we're so glad you're here. I uh, just want to get started real quickly here uh, this morning and uh, just go over a couple of uh, announcements. We'll get those out of the way. Uh, and then uh, once we're done this afternoon, you guys can uh, go ahead and just take off. Um, want to uh, have you please keep in your prayers and in your hearts and in your minds over this next week and a half for a uh, Stephanie Alsman, who is one of the youth group members of this church, and she is actually out in the field right now on her mission trip in the Dominican Republic. Uh, you have supported her financially through your prayers. I ask that you continue to support her with your prayers as she is actively out there being the hands and feet of Christ and representing the Oasis Church. So if you could please keep Stephanie Alsman, her family, uh, in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, she will return here in about 10 days, I believe, and, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to have... Uh, her come up here and maybe just share a little bit about the experiences that she had on this mission trip. We're just so blessed to be able to send a, a teenager out into the field. Uh, I, I had a chance to go out and pray with her before she left, and and uh, she looked a little nervous, uh, Stephanie, a little nervous, just a young teenage gal, and uh, going to the Dominican Republic, bless her heart. So keep her in your prayers, if you don't mind. Also, Woody wanted me to remind you men that your monthly Bible verses are out at the table. Uh, he would like you to check in with him. He has a list, and he'll need to see each and every one of you and mark you off on the list. I'm just kidding. He won't do that. But uh, if you know Woody, that wouldn't surprise you, right? And then keep in mind, lastly, uh, Tuesday night Bible study will be uh, is being uh, postponed right now just due to a conflict with Bachelor High School. So we will continue the Tuesday night Bible study uh, for all ages, all, youth, all, all groups, um, on Tuesday, July 29th. And, of course, we kick it off with food that we always do so well here. So please put that on your schedule as well. Okay. Well, happy Independence Day, everybody. It's a big weekend. For those of you who didn't have to work Friday, congratulations. I didn't either. Pretty excited about that. Also, uh, if you're visiting here today as a, uh, from out of town, we welcome you here. Just want to let you know you're in Chandler, Arizona, which is in the southwest corner of the United States, which is a continent of North America on planet Earth, which is in the Milky Way galaxy in God's wonderful creation. Okay? So uh, I think Carrie's down there is confused. I think he thinks he's in the wrong galaxy, right? All right. He's like, wait a minute. I need to... F he's in a different galaxy? Well, welcome. We're just so glad that you're here. I just want to let you know, I, I'm, uh, my name is Chad Rasmussen. I'm the youth pastor here, and uh, I am excited to be up here with you on Independence Day, uh, one of the pastors here on staff, uh, to share with you what I believe God's put on my heart uh, for today's message. Uh, pastor Jeff is taking some time to relax and refresh and, and, uh, and spending some time with family at home, so and we're glad that he can have the opportunity to do that. So... When we talk about Independence Day, we look at our Independence Day being July 4th. What is it? Independence Day is our, is our declaration of independence from Great Britain, Great Britain. Back in 1776, we said that we feel like we can take care of ourselves and we want to be our own country. We don't need you anymore. We had a situation where we declared our independence from someone or something else. And that's a great celebration for America, uh, you know, and, and we celebrate it every year. 
We get the hot dogs, the hamburgers, the baseball, the barbecue, July 4th, big kickoff. I mean, it's a great time, family, friends, swimming pool, all that stuff. I think I've done all that this weekend so far, so I'm ready to relax the rest of the day after this. But as Christians, let's talk about our independence as Christians and, and, and what we are declaring our independence uh, from, what we are breaking away from with our dependence upon. And uh, we understand that if we take a look at how we as America broke away from Great Britain, we were dependent or we were basically, we were, we were not free from something. And as Christians, as we take a look at our independence, we have to understand that in order to have that freedom, we had to break away from something. There was an issue that kept us captive, that held us captive, and now we understand that we need to break away and get our freedom from whatever that was that held us captive. And we understand that the Bible tells us that in 1 Peter 5.8, that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We do have an enemy. The enemy is real. And if you've been in church for any length of time, you understand that the way God set this up was not the way that it's turned out so far. But he does have a plan to reconcile it and bring it back to the way it was. But until then, we have an issue that we need to deal with with an enemy that is out there roaring and prowling and looking to devour someone. Today, if you're taking notes, I have uh, three types of freedoms uh, that, that, that we're under attack as Christians and, and how the sacrifice and resurrection um, of Jesus frees us. How the, how the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus frees us. The, the, three item, the three types of freedom that I want to talk about tonight is first the personal freedom, then the national freedom, and thirdly the eternal freedom. If you brought your Bibles today, you want to go ahead and turn to John uh, chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 25. As you turn there, just kind of put your finger there. And, and I want to share with you uh, the first topic that I'd like to talk about is our personal freedom. Again, that's John chapter 19, verse 25. And as I talk about personal freedom, I wanted to relay with you and just kind of relate to you a little bit about, about a, a story uh, from my own break, from something that dominated me, that 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 really um, owned me for a number of years, 30-plus years, um, I had a situation where um, I actually kind of threw myself into an identity with something. And, and, and whenever anybody realized that, you know, that, that, that they saw this symbol, they knew, oh, oh, Chad, he's a, he's a big fan. And I know that this is a, a trivial item compared to some of the things that we uh, as Christians, as human beings, deal with every day in our lives. I know this is kind of trivial, but when you take a look at it, it really can, can be associated with anything in our lives that, that causes us to take our focus off what really matters and puts it on kind of the temporal, kind of the, the immediate, kind of in front of us uh, situation. And for me, uh, that was my recent break from being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Now, I know some of you aren't sports fans, and I can, I can respect that, and I, and I just want you to kind of feel where I'm coming from. For years, since I was 11 or 12 years old, I was a Dallas Cowboys fan, and the reason I was a Dallas Cowboys fan is because my uncle was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and that was back in the Franco Harris uh, era with Roger Starback, and they would always battle, and, and I just picked the Cowboys because I wanted to go against my uncle. 
And if you know the history of that, well, I won't go into it. Anyway, the Cowboys basically own them. But that doesn't matter because I'm not a fan of the Cowboys anymore. But for 30-plus years, whenever football season started, I would get this this excitement, this kind of um, anxiety in my system. I'd be like, oh, yeah, who'd they pick up this year? And, oh, yeah, I had to look at their schedule, and I had to always make sure that I look at the roster and who's playing, who's hurt. And for years, my identity was stuck and related to my happiness, my sadness during football season all revolved around whether or not the Dallas Cowboys won or lost. Does anybody relate with me out there? If you're a football fan, and if you are really into a team, when they lose, if you are a diehard fan, the world is wrecked for days. And that is, and I looked at that and I said to myself, that's not right. That is not right. Just last year, in the middle of the season, the Cowboys were losing very badly to uh, the Saints. It was the middle of the third quarter. It was like 49 to 17. They were getting blown out. And I was so frustrated. I was so like, what is the problem? And they, and they, and they took the camera and they panned it on the Cowboys sideline. And guess what the players are doing on the sideline? They're high-fiving each other and laughing. And it dawned on me. I said, if they don't care, why do I care? And it, and it, something happened during that moment where I said, I can be free of this. Now, understand, I, you guys, you may be sitting there thinking, come on, this is a football team and this is kind of trivial and small stuff. But can I tell you that that freedom that I felt because I let that go, I can tell you honestly to this day that I've let that go. I don't care when they play. I don't care who they play. I don't care what happens. There's a freedom that's associated into that. And whatever it is that some of you may be dealing with today, whether it could be anything that takes your focus off of what God wants in your life, that, that, that you can be free from that. And that freedom that you feel personally is amazing. It is so amazing. There is a freedom to know that that doesn't own me anymore. What is it that owns you? And what is it that you could use that freedom from? That's a question when we talk about personal freedom that I want you to consider. I needed to be released from it. I praise God for that. Yes, it's a, it's, it's a silly affiliation. My identity was a Dallas Cowboy fan. I lived it. I breathed it. Anybody who talked bad about the Cowboys, I was against them. It took, I took it personal. But God liberated me from that. And I thank Jesus for the fact that I don't have to hold on to that anchor anymore. And so what's your anchor? What is it that you need to let go and just say, God, it's, I'm free. It doesn't own me anymore. Jesus frees us. National freedom, number two. I want to talk about the national freedom. We understand from Independence Day, as I opened, we talked about how we, we had our Declaration of Independence back in 1776 from Great Britain. We talk about how that happened, and we know from history, if you're a history buff in here, um, it wasn't easy. It wasn't just a like, hey, thanks for your help. We'll see you later. We'll be over here. No, there was war that happened. And continually to this day, there's war that happens. Now, when we talk about national freedom, we look at that from a July 4th uh, Independence Day celebration and say, we're thankful that we have our freedom. The military keeps us free. And, and if you're a military member, have been, will be, or are, God bless you. Thank you so much for your service to our country. Amen. 
But let's talk about the national freedom within America. And let's talk about it from a standpoint of being a Christian. I don't know if any of you have uh, paid attention to the media lately, but we do have um, attacks coming against um, companies that have uh, Christian-based values from the get-go, from years past when they've set up their companies. They have held themselves to these values and these foundations as Christians. And even now today, as a nation, these companies are being attacked from within. And what is being attacked? The Christian beliefs and foundations that wasn't an issue long ago, but now is an issue. We're falling into a situation where the enemy not only will attack us personally, but he's also hitting us from inside our nation and trying to undermine and destroy the foundation and the values of our Christian principles. If you're not familiar with it, just look up Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A. We're being attacked by the enemy at the core foundation as a nation. This nation was built on those foundation principles. This isn't meant to be a political message by any means. I just wanted to bring out the fact that, you know what, we are under attack, not only from other countries, but also from within as our Christian values. Other countries, we all know that. If it wasn't for our armed forces, if it wasn't for our military, we could be in a position where we would have enemies who would want to oppress us and suppress us and make us and and feed their belief systems into us and make us conform to what they believe. Is that not true? They would be over here today if it wasn't for our military protecting us and making us slaves. We would not be free. It pains me so to hear so many stories across the globe and especially in countries that outlaw Christianity when they see that there is a, a person who professes their belief in Christ and then, and then they're, they're thrown in jail. They're, they're, they're murdered because of their, they would not renounce their belief in Christ. And the reason why is because they were born in a country that says this is what you must believe. Praise God that we don't have that here in America. Amen. The enemy wants to take this fight worldwide. He wants to hit us personally with whatever he can do to keep our focus off of God, off of our gifts and talents that we could use to glorify God and further the kingdom. He also wants to hit us nationally. He wants to hit us with anybody that could come from overseas and come in and just break us up and dominate us to suppress us. Or he also wants to hit us with the Christian values. Guys, what I'm saying here is the enemy doesn't care how it happens. He's going to continue to throw it at us as he always has. First Peter 5.8, again, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We need to be on our guard. Again, national freedom, Jesus frees us. He really does. But, you know, I want to take it a little bit bigger. I want to take it wider. I want to talk about the enemy and how... He wants to strip us from our eternal freedom. Number three, our eternal freedom is in jeopardy. That's where the personal attacks, the national attacks, all the things that would come in to hit us as Christians, that's the ultimate goal that the enemy wants. Why? Because he doesn't really care about us. What does he want to do? He wants to put it in the face of God. The enemy says, I will set my throne above yours. And God basically says, really? Watch this. 
But until we talked about the time from the Garden of Eden to the reconciliation, there is this time that we're in right now where the enemy is alive and he is out there trying to destroy us. And the reason why is because he does not want us to glorify God's name. We see that every day. And Christians, it's easy to get caught up into something that can hold us back and take our focus off of our true gifts that God wants us to use to glorify his name and to further his kingdom. The enemy wants eternal freedom stripped from us. It was lost in the garden. God enacted his plan of redemption through his son, Jesus Christ. And he did it in these two ways. He did it through Christ's death and through Christ's resurrection. Let's take a look at, in God's word, uh, about Christ's death. I've chosen John uh, chapter 19, verse 25. I know that some of you are already there. But let's just take a look at it. As we set this up, understand that Jesus has been arrested. He's already gone through multiple illegal trials. He's already had his disciples pretty much dispersed. The Romans have taken him and put him on the cross. He's lifted up at Calvary, and he's got the thieves next to him. And this is the scene as we pick it up. John 19, 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, which is John, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus was cleaning house. He was getting ready. He was making sure mama was taken care of. Verse 28. Later, knowing all that was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it. Put the sponge on a stalk of hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. What I see here and what really hit me was the fact that Christ died for us But he did it giving his spirit away. It wasn't taken. He was in charge and in control of that situation. And he gave his spirit. It wasn't taken. He gave it and said with his death that it is finished. It's a very important part of Christian history and belief. And that is one of the things, too, that people will come who is trying to undermine and destroy our freedom in Christ to say, well, Jesus, he didn't die. We see here that Jesus came for that sole purpose and that he made sure that mama was taken care of. By the way, I found it quite ironic when I was doing this study. If I'm not mistaken, there's at least three Marys at the cross. And John. At this time, we understand that the other disciples weren't quite sure what was going on, and I'm sure neither was John and, 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 and these ladies here at the cross. Because Jesus came in their eyes to set up the kingdom on earth, overthrow the Roman government, 
and set up his kingdom as he said he would. I could imagine being there with Christ and walking with Christ and some of the parables and some of the things that he would say and some of the disciples with that look, and I would probably be one of them that had the look like, what? What's he talking about? Because he spoke of heavenly things and they were thinking of earthly things. When we see the enemy attacking us, we need to be very careful. That, and we also need to consider the heavenly things. Especially when we're going through some hard times. We get some trials. We get some pain. We get some uh, confusion as to why things are happening in our life. We can understand that ultimately, if we're in Christ, freedom waits on the other side of the veil. But it's that enemy that's still out there that we have to reconcile with. Jesus' death on the cross paved the way, as I said, for our sins to be forgiven. This is nothing new. This is basic Bible one-on-one. But I wanted to kind of just bring it all together on Independence Day, halfway through the year, and take a look at it. Because Jesus' death on the cross paved the way for our sins to be forgiven. And for true freedom to reign in our lives, Jesus frees us. But that wasn't all. Not only was it the death that was very important Absolutely, it was very important. But also, if it wasn't for the resurrection, none of this means anything. If Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, then what we believe in is defunct. We're here playing church, and we're joined, we're in a nice big club that likes to eat a lot. If Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, then the enemy has won. And we know that that's not God's plan. Go with me, if you will, to John chapter 20. Not too far away. Verses 1 through 9. Let's take a look at at what happens here. John 20, 1 through 9. We understand already that Christ has died. He has said, it is finished with His death. He laid it down and gave up His Spirit freely. No one took it from Him. But three days later, we understand that Jesus is already in a tomb. He is in a tomb. This tomb was a new tomb. No one's ever been in it before. It was really close to the place of sacrifice where he died. And we understand that, that a couple of people came and helped Jesus off of the cross and, 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 and prepared the body, placed the body in the tomb, and wrapped it up, as was the custom, and rolled the big stone in place of the door. We understand this has already happened. But let's take a look at John chapter 20, verse 1 through 9. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, who we know as John, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I think it's kind of funny because John's saying, Ha ha, Peter, I'm faster than you. He booked it to the tomb and he got there first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. 
And he saw the strips of linen lying there. Folks, this is very important. As well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself separately from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. Amen is right. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The eternal freedom is through Christ's death, through Christ's resurrection. If we understand from what we just read right here, as Jesus was wrapped in the tomb, wrapped in strips of linen like the Bible says, and that there was a cloth placed around His head, we know from history that Jesus was a carpenter. He built stuff, right? He was a carpenter. And He was apparently a very good carpenter. Back in the day, it was custom, as any carpenter would probably even today, in order to clean up messes, they had a rag with them. They had a towel. They're wiping stuff. They're cleaning off the product. They, they have their towel with them. And as it was in the culture back then, when a carpenter was finished with their product, what did the carpenter do? The carpenter, on his finished product, on their finished product, would fold the towel neatly, place it on the finished product to indicate that the product was finished. Do you get what I'm saying? It is finished. Jesus, when He rose from the dead, what does the Bible say? That that cloth around His head was what? Folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Do you understand what Jesus did? He folded that cloth up. He rose from the dead, and He set that cloth down on that tomb where He was laid, and He left. And we see that when you walk in there, not only did Jesus say, it is finished on the cross, He also said, it is finished with the resurrection in the tomb because He put down the cloth. We, like the early disciples who, who rushed uh, I'm sorry, um, will we, will we consider two things? The enemy is real and he wants to devour us. Will we also consider that not only did Jesus die for our sins, but he rose from the dead. And by doing that, he put a stamp, his resurrection and the folded towel of that carpenter's finished work of Jesus Christ put the stamp of victory over the enemy and the sin that reigns in our life. Jesus left clues all throughout His life here and throughout the Bible of His finished work. We also know that the enemy is alive and real and the enemy wants to devour and destroy us. God loves us so much that He sent His only Son that those who believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's a very basic, most famous verse you'll see out there. But God gave us the choice to, to decide to choose Him or reject Him. That's the freedom that God gives us. 
But whatever that decision is that we make, we can understand that ultimately the decision is ours and that if we choose to, that Jesus frees us. Do you believe it? Can you receive it today? And think about that and ponder upon that, that that decision is ours and that the freedom has been paid for and that Christ died on purpose and gave it to us. And that by the power of God and through the Holy Spirit, He rose from the dead to defeat the enemy once and for all so that victory can be ours in Christ. That's the Christian Independence Day. It doesn't come around once every year. Every day when we wake up and our, and our feet hit the floor, I think we should be able to say, God, thank you for Independence Day today. I will walk in your freedom. I will walk in your freedom. Thank God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you so thankful. Lord, as the world celebrates, as America celebrates the July 4th Independence Day, where we say that we are free from our oppressors across the globe, across the country. Father, I pray that we as Christians or those who are here in the, in the, the vicinity of my voice, Lord, would hear you come through me. Father, I pray that you remove the man and that your message would come through me and that those who may not know you here would realize and understand that you are the most powerful God that could ever be, that you stand alone and you are in full control, Father. I pray, Father, that your spirit would have free reign over this place. I pray, Father, that those uh, who may not know you again, Father, would realize that there is an enemy who is real, who would like to steal, kill, and destroy and devour us. But, Father, that you paid the price for our freedom. Jesus came and died on the cross. Three days later, was resurrected. He put the towel down, folded up for us to say, it is finished. He said, it is finished. And he put the stamp of victory over the enemy for all time and eternity. Father, I pray that we would walk in that freedom today, that you would give us that, that anointing that we need to walk in your freedom, that we would know that no matter what happens, as long as we put our faith, hope, and trust in the, the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that there is no enemy that can come against us. There is no enemy that can oppress us, that no matter what happens on this earth, we are free in Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you sent your Son so Jesus could free us. Jesus frees us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.